Welcome, and thanks for joining The Journey. Hi, my name is Leah, and I'm a worship pastor in Ohio. I'm so thankful that you've decided to tune in today. A little bit about me, I've been married for almost 20 years this June. Uh, my husband's name is Greg, and I have two amazing young men that the Lord has blessed me with the opportunity to raise. One that I cannot believe is graduating in just a handful of months, and the other finishing up his freshman year of high school. Um, so this podcast is based on my life and where I am in this journey to yes. If you haven't listened to episode one or ten, I strongly encourage you to do so. It will help you understand a little bit more as as why I'm so passionate about following the Lord's leading in this season of my life and inspiring you to step out of the boat like Peter and to walk on water, never looking to your left or right and getting distracted, but always keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith. Welcome to episode 11 of The Journey. Uh, Just a quick reminder for those who are tuning in for the very first time to this one, whether someone shared it with you, you stumbled upon it on Spotify or Amazon Music or somewhere along the way. Maybe you saw it on Instagram post. Uh, I just want you to know that today's episode is a little different from all the other episodes. I do have episodes uh, just about my personal journey, and you're going to find them titled My Journey and My Journey Part 2. You'll also find stories uh, from people who in the Bible who have journeyed, and those episodes are are named accordingly, like Moses and Samuel. You've got also uh, what I like to call Your Journey, which is really interviews with people who who have uh, joined Jesus in the journey on, in their lives. And so I've got Laura and Annie so far who I've interviewed. I do have several others lined up. Uh, timing hasn't worked always in our favor. So I've got some more coming, hopefully, in the next coming months. And then I have episodes like today called A Side Road Along the Journey. I've really only done one other one of those, and it was takeaways from, from Jacob's journey. And today we're going to do some takeaways from Joshua's journey. If you'd like to share your story with me and maybe be a, a potential uh, guest, person on this podcast, you can go to my website, leahmenzie.wixsite.com slash journey. You can click the contact tab to connect with me there. You can send me an email. You can go to my Instagram and private message me there. Uh, like I mentioned, I do have several people preparing their stories to share with you, and I'm excited to join them in the coming weeks. Uh, but for today, we're going to continue with something the Lord has laid specifically on my heart for you. Like I said, today's episode is another side road along the journey episode. And the last time I did one of this kind was episode five, when I took a portion of Jacob's journey and highlighted one specific verse within his story. This time I'm choosing a portion of scripture that's found within Joshua, uh, the book of Joshua, actually. And it is just a little sneak peek into part of Joshua's journey and really the Israelites as a whole. And I want to speak on something very specific that I feel the Lord is speaking to me in this season of my life as I am in a a bit of a transitional season, uh, not just for me personally, but my entire family, as like I said, we're looking forward to graduation and then uh, taking my son to college in in the fall. So I'm in a a very pivotal, changing season of my life. And so I'm hoping that as it's encouraged me, that we'll also be able to encourage you. So before I get to the point that I feel the Lord has laid on my heart for today, I do want to focus on Joshua chapters three and four. Uh, just so that I can give you a little bit of backstory so I can make some connections to to why this particular passage means so much to me in this in this part of my life. Chapter 3 is where we see Joshua and the Israelites coming to cross the Jordan. And if you haven't listened to episode 4, episode 4 is all about Moses and Moses' journey, just a little bit of Moses' journey. And I really encourage you to listen to that one. It might help you a little bit of understanding uh, what 
what has transpired with the Israelites up until now. Um, but Moses was the person that God initially used to help deliver the Israelites from the Egyptians. And if you listen to that episode, you're going to find he used every excuse under the book to try to get out from that particular job that the Lord called him to. But he was selected and he did. And Moses was the person that God used to lead them on dry ground as he parted the Red Sea. But after Moses died, Joshua kind of took the lead and he led the Israelites to the destination that the Lord promised Moses. So there's there's so much in the book of Joshua that I would love to talk about. I love the story of Rahab. I love the story of, of when they marched around the walls of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. But I, that's for another day. And today I want to focus on a really small part of the story. Uh, and that's why I just am calling it another one of the side road along the journey uh, episodes, because it's not really about Joshua and his journey at all. It's about uh, something that the Lord has laid on my heart in regards to being in the middle of a journey. So I do want to take some time to read part of this scripture, just to set, uh, set up the background for you. It's Joshua three fifteen through 17. It says, Now the Jordan is at flood stage, all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam, while the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on the dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel passed until the whole nation had completely crossed on dry ground. There is some significance to the fact that it was mentioned not once but twice that they passed through on dry ground, because this miracle is an obvious connection. If you haven't ever heard the story, I'm going to connect the dots a bit to when uh, the nation, the Israelites, were 40 years earlier passing through the Red Sea. And God brought them out of Egypt's bondage. They were slaves to Egypt and with a miracle. And the miracle was that as they got to the Red Sea, Moses spread his hand over it, the waters parted, and then they crossed over. And uh, he also, not only did he bring them out of Egypt with that particular miracle, but now he's bringing them into the promised land with the very similar miracle. So the first times the waters parted, the Israelites escaped the Egyptians. As soon as the Israelites got to the other side, the waters came crashing down and the enemy was destroyed. The Israelites this uh, were then free and able to move on with their journey, which if you know anything about the story, they wandered for a bit before getting to the promised land. But the second time the waters were parted, which is what we're reading about right now, it was so the Israelites could then enter into the promised land that was promised to Moses when they first left Egypt. And what happens in chapter 4 is where I want to focus today. After all the Israelites had crossed to the other side, the waters did not immediately come crashing back into place like they did for Moses when they initially were uh, fleeing from Egypt. Joshua, when they got to the other side, heard from the Lord and called 12 men from the appointed 12 appointed tribes to do what was commanded. And this is what Joshua 4.2 says. It says, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So this was the Lord speaking to Joshua. Joshua then relays this message to the men, and so the men did just what they were told. They, they went to the middle, and they grabbed these stones. And what I want to point out is that, a little side note here, is that the priests were carrying the Ark of the, Co the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord. They remained in the middle of the Jordan, on dry ground, until all that the Lord commanded was done by the people, which was to gather these stones and go to back to the other side. 
And then as soon as the priests came out of the river, the water returned immediately back to the flood stage as it was before when their toes initially touched the water's edge. And so for those of you who don't maybe know or understand the significance of the Ark of the Covenant, this was a visible representation of the presence of God. Just like Moses had the rod in his hand and he used that, he threw it to the ground and it turned to a serpent. He picked it back up. He put it over the water. The waters parted. Just kind of a visible um, example of representing God and his power. And and this Ark of the Covenant is, is the same kind of visible representation of the Lord's presence. So the water remained in place. And they stood on dry ground as long as the ark was there. But as soon as the priests who were carrying the ark crossed to the other side, immediately it went back to the flood stage. And then 10 days after crossing through the Jordan, after the priests and everyone made their way over to the other side, Joshua then took these 12 stones. And I'm imagining that they're pretty large stones because he sets up this this kind of this monument of these stones. And he says to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what what do these stones mean? This is what I want you to say. Tell them, Israel, cross the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So now that I've gone over the the scripture portion of what it is I want to connect to today, I want to stop and I want to ask some questions. I want to allow you some time to reflect for yourself and really give some personal application from this Old Testament scripture that sometimes you wonder if there's any relevance to you today. And two times in this passage, we, we just heard as I was reading the word middle. And I talked to you early about I'm in the middle of a transition in my life, and so this is applicable to me, and I believe probably many of you as well. So the priest stood in the middle. The stones were gathered from the middle. And as I'm reading and thinking about this scripture and this story, I began to wonder how many of us today find ourselves in the middle of a journey. Maybe it's not really a journey per se, but maybe you find yourself in the middle of something. Maybe. Are you in the middle of a mess? Are you in the middle of making some pretty important decisions? Are you in the middle of a divorce or a separation? Are you in the middle of of a grieving process? Whatever, Whatever that might look like for you. Are you in the middle of a huge life change? Are you in the middle of maybe you're searching for answers, but it keeps feeling like every door is being slammed back in your face? Are you in the middle of fill in the blank? Whatever your particular middle is. Fill in the blank for yourself. And maybe you're saying, I'm not in the middle of anything. Well, I can promise you a middle of something will come your way. And I'm hoping then that you can find application. Or maybe you can say, man, I just made it through the middle and I'm I'm to the other side. And you can share your story as a testimony, just like the Israelites did with their 12 stones. Because at some point in your life, you're going to come to a middle a middle of something. And and so I believe that the Lord wants to use this story in Joshua to remind you today that just like he parted the water and made a way for the Israelites, he can, he will do that for you and for me as well. What happened for the Israelites was a miracle. The priest carrying the ark, which again was a representation of the presence of the Lord, remained in the middle the entire time. 
So even after all the Israelites went through and Joshua says to these 12 men, and the 12 men go and carry these stones, which I'm, again, I'm guessing is a pretty long job because I'm thinking these stones probably aren't little pebbles. They're probably significant sized stones. They were standing there the entire time. And the purpose of the stones, again, was to remind the Israelites of God's goodness. They were to remind them of the Lord's provision, that they that he made a way where there seemed to be no way, because there was no way to go around it. You know, there's that old book, you can't go around it, you can't go over it, you got to go through it. Uh, yeah, they had to go through the water to get to the other side. There was no way for them to just kind of make a detour and go around it. There was no bridge. There had to be a way through it, and that's the miracle of all of this. And you may find yourself in the same kind of situation. Again, I speak figuratively a lot, not literally. When you read stuff like this in the Old Testament, you're not literally carrying the Ark of the Covenant. You're not literally walking up to the Jordan and literally seeing the waters part. But I think you can understand the the comparison here to, to life that you may find yourself surrounded by overwhelming circumstances that feel like raging waters in a flood stage. And it feels like there's no way around it. And you're standing there at your figurative Jordan going, what is going to happen now? And you have to go through it to experience the miracle that happens in the middle before you get to the other side. And God wants you to know today that his presence is with you. It goes before you. It's behind you. It's to your left and to the right. It is all around you. You cannot escape it. I said this last week with episode 10 from Psalm 139. Where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your spirit? Nowhere. I can't go up high. I can't go down low. You're everywhere. I can't go to the dark because there's no dark in you. Nowhere. And so as you move to your water's edge, just like the priests who were carrying the ark, the water will cease and you'll be able to cross to the middle on dry ground and pick up your stones as a testimony of the, all the Lord has brought you through. And you might be going, well, how do I know if I'm carrying, quote unquote, the ark? Ask the Lord to join you in your journey. That's what this whole thing is about, isn't it? You're not here to do it by yourself. I'm going to tell you that if the priests were walking without the Ark of the Covenant and they got to the edge of the water and their toes touched the water, probably the water would not have parted. Why? Because they were carrying the presence of the Lord and he was showing them his power and his goodness and his greatness. And in, in carrying the Ark, their toes touched the water and the waters parted and they walked on dry ground. And so all I'm saying to you is you're not going to carry a, a physical box, but you can carry the presence of the Lord with you. Simply invite him into your journey and say, Jesus, will you go with me? Will you go before me? As I'm coming up to these waters, I'm finding these swirling, raging flood waters all around me. Can I, can I trust you enough to touch my toe into the water and know without a shadow of a doubt that you are going to make a way where there seems to be no way. And so as I'm, I'm processing all of this, I immediately begin to think of a song. And if you stick around any length of time to listen to any future episodes, or you go back and listen to some of the old ones, you're going to probably hear me say that a lot, that, oh, this reminds me of a song. Because as a worship pastor, I spend many hours of my day listening to music and spending time in worship. And most often the Lord speaks to me through 
through the songs and through my time spent listening. So as I was preparing for this particular episode, the lyrics to a song came to mind. And um, I want to encourage you, please go to YouTube or your favorite streaming site, go to Spotify, go to iTunes, whatever it is you do, and find this song and listen to the whole thing for yourself. Because it's one thing for me to read the lyrics to you and for you to get the gist of it, but it's another for you to go back and listen to it and allow it to speak to you personally. So the song is, is by Elevation Worship. It's called Here Again. And this is simply what it says. It says, can't go back to the beginning. I can't control what tomorrow will bring. But I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? As I walk now through the valley, let your love rise above every fear. Like the sun shaping the shadow, in my weakness, your glory appears. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. What is this place? What is this will you meet me here again? What is this here? Go back to verse 1. It says, I can't go back to the beginning and I can't control what tomorrow is going to bring me, but I know here in the middle is the place where you promised to be. In the middle, guys, he promises to be with you in the middle. And it says, I'm not enough unless you come. I can't do it on my own. It's a simple acknowledgement of this desperate need for God to join you in your journey, to join me in, in my journey. And it says, not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. And I want to go back for just a second to the story. When those men were walking back to get the stones, not for a minute were they forsaken. They didn't have to fear the waters rising. They didn't have to fear it crashing back down. Why? Because the priests were standing there in the middle with the Ark of the Covenant. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. We can't go back to the beginning and make changes. What's done has been done. We can't control tomorrow. Why worry about tomorrow? Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. I was just talking about this the other day when I was once again in my head about my son graduating and getting ready to wrap up high school and turn 18 and go to college and, and all of these things that constantly swirl in my head about the what ifs. And, it's, and something that I read last week said something to the effect of, if you worry so much about tomorrow and what is to come, you put yourself through that traumatic experience twice. One, the process of worrying about all those things that are outside of your control, and two, the day that it actually happens. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's going to be traumatic when I leave my son to go to college, or maybe it will. I don't really know. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing, obviously. It's going to be a celebration for him. So it's a happy, sad experience. But for me, this is something that I'm dealing with right now in my middle. I can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. In these next few months as he wraps up high school and turns 18 and and becomes an adult who can make decisions for himself and trusting that everything that I have done and said in his first 18 years of life will carry over with him 
as he begins to leave my home and move into college and make choices for himself. So I have to remind myself that he's in my middle. This is the middle for me. It's the in-between, between when graduation takes place and when he leaves for school. It's my middle. And I know that I can't get through some of my days without all of my days, really. There's not a day that I can get through without him. I don't know how some people can manage, to be honest with you, because he is my everything. And so you might be in a place where it seems like you are stuck in the middle and you just need to get to the other side. There are times where I want to push pause and I want to hold tight to every second that I have. And then there are times where I want to fast forward and go, I I can't take it anymore. I just need him to go. I just need him to go away so that I can get that part done and I can move on to the next next part of our our chapter in our family and and, and know what that feels like. But I want you to, to say, and again, that seems so trivial to what some of you are experiencing in your middle. But the goodness of God is that he's there no matter how large or how small of a scale your middle feels. Your, your middle may be catastrophic. It may be some unfathomable situation that you just are going, I don't get it. I, I can't make it another day. And you're here talking about your son leaving to go to college and, and my son is gone and I don't get him back. And my heart breaks for you. Because I do feel silly when I talk about my particular middle. But God cares about all the middles. (laughs) And I want to say to you, don't ignore your middle. The middle is where the miracle takes place. And sometimes I think we want to rush the middle because it's uncomfortable and it's difficult, whatever your middle is, minor or major. Sometimes we want to avoid the middle and, and skip to the end. You know, I think about reading a good book. And there are some chapters where I just want to skim over the chapters and get to the good part. You know what I mean? Or, or a movie. Can I just fast forward just through this scene so I can get to the next part? But if you do that, you might miss some key details from the middle of the chapters of the middle of the book or the movie. And the author, the producer, the director, they included each part for a reason. So I would like to think that God is the author, the director, of this book or this movie of my life, and I would for sure hate to skip over any part of it for fear of missing some important details and really ultimately the fear of missing out on some significant miracles, even if the middle is something that I never, ever, ever want or need to experience again. I wouldn't want to skip over it. The middle two times for the Israelites wasn't messy. They were in the middle of a mess when they were fleeing from the Israelites. But the middle of the water, it wasn't messy. It was dry ground. The same as they when they crossed the Jordan. They weren't stuck in mud. They weren't walking on this mushy, gushy, squishy ground. It was solid and secure. Why? Because the Lord was with them. Just like he's with you. And maybe you're saying, okay, yeah, my ground, it feels like quicksand. I'm slowly sinking. Or maybe you're going, no, this is terrible. It's a sinkhole. And I just completely fell crashing down to the bottom. There's no security. It's not dry ground. It's crumbling all around me. And so maybe that's where you find yourself. And I want you to know that you can invite the Holy Spirit, who is our peace, our comfort, into that situation. And you you can begin to find sure, secure footing. 
even when it feels like everything around you is just crumbling beneath your feet. One of my favorite verses in Psalms is found in chapter 46, and it says, Be still and know that I am, that he is God. I'm going to get emotional. I feel like I do that a lot lately, just get emotional when I'm talking. But sometimes you can find yourself spinning out of control. You're sinking. You're, you busy yourself. You keep yourself moving and going and thinking and doing to avoid the reality of your situation. But the Lord is inviting you today to be still in his presence. And he's inviting you to cross over on dry ground. And he's saying, will you pick up your stone in the middle? Cross over to the other side and remember what I've done and testify of what I'm doing, what I'm going to do, so that everyone around you can see and hear. So that when they enter their middle, you can say, I've been there. My middle may not look and feel like your middle, but I've been through a middle and I know what my God can do. That's the whole point of these 12 stones taken from the middle of the dry ground of this miracle for the Israelites a second time was so they could stop and they could remember everything that the Lord did for them and that generations to come would talk about it. So as I sign off on this episode of The Journey, my prayer for you today is that you don't skip the middle. My prayer is that you don't miss your miracle and what seems to be your mess. And I pray that you find strength and courage to step into the flooded river and to trust that when your toe hits the water's edge, that it's going to dry up, that you can make your way to collect your stone in the middle. And you can walk to the other side with a story to share of how God provided, protected, and encouraged you the entire way. Well, thanks for listening to The Journey. Until next time, journey on. 